Hello and welcome to my brand new podcast, Voices, with me, Sally Morgan. But you may know me best as Psychic Sally. Throughout my career, I have worked with celebs, royalty and toured the world, helping people to find closure and happiness through the words and wisdom of their loved ones that have passed. This series, we will be hearing from voices of a different kind. Each episode, I will speak to powerful, strong and influential women about their lives, their struggles. Um, and then I had a knock on the door. The house was ripped apart um, and all this stuff came out and he'd been in prison before for these sorts of things and I had no idea. Um, and then I went into shock labour. Triumph. The rewards I get from my children when they do something. So, so the first time my children spoke... I'm, I'm pleased to say it was mummy, but I waited four years for that. So for us, whenever they do something new, you like you want to do cartwheels. And what inspires them? There's nothing like um, just being on a stage. And I remember just kind of standing in the middle going, this is amazing. I, I, people still come and see me do what I do, and I'm so grateful. In today's episode, I sit down with opera star Catherine Jenkins, OBE. So I'm here this morning with the lovely Catherine Jenkins. <laughs> Hi. Oh. So nice to see you, Sally. Oh, <laughs> she's so gorgeous. It's very, very kind of you to talk about um, your career. And really, what I'm interested in is how, um, how you actually got started with singing. Uh, well, I actually started in, in church choir. So I think that because of singing in that sort of very choral um uh way of singing that when i started to have singing lessons i'd never even heard classical music before that but it was the teacher who recognized the quality of my voice from doing all this church singing and that's how i found my way into classical singing but it was sort of really just from from learning to sing there yeah because i think singing and being a well-known singer um you know, you you become instantly inspirational to other people, and and perhaps especially to young girls out there. And you're Welsh, so you <laughs> you grew up in Wales, yes? Yeah. So I grew up in uh, in South Wales in a town called Neath, which is, um, it's you know quite a, it's got that sense of uh, you know everybody community, and com- really good community. Um, I lived there until I was eighteen, and when I then came to London to study um and it was just an amazing place to grow up you know I've only got positive you know very for me very special memories of feeling uh having this you know great close family extended family but also having just the opportunity of so much music and I think that in Wales you know we it is what people say it is the land of song it is and I think it's because that doesn't necessarily mean that Everybody, you know, wants to be a singer or could be a singer. But it, I think what it means is that we, we just love, we love to sing. Whether that's in the rugby, mm. in the pub, every little town or village has got its own male voice choir. Mm. And I think you just grow up without any sort of embarrassment about singing. Yeah. So there's no sort of stigma attached to it because you just see everybody doing it all the time. And I think that gave me a lot of opportunities growing up to just develop myself as a young singer and and I really don't think I would 
be in the situation I am now without having had all that experience where I grew up. So when when this was it a teacher that spotted you, as you say, the quality of your voice and perhaps the range that you you would eventually be able to reach. Um, was it then suggested that you come to London to um, train at a at a, at a, a school for singing? Yes. Yeah, so um, so I music. started singing when I was four. Um, I uh, I did. I remember so clearly hearing that there was going to be a talent show and running out of school and saying to my mum you have to teach me a song I want to be in the show and mum taught me a, a, a song which you know I think now is just I look back it was an interesting choice it was a song called going down the garden to eat worms yeah. <laughs> with all the big ones fat ones small ones thin ones see how they wiggle and squirm you just bite off their heads and suck up the juice well, I mean, yeah. this is a lovely song for a four-year-old who then went on to be a vegetarian <laughs> so, so I look back and I just think you know why she chose that I don't know but mm. I did all the actions and everybody laughed and that was kind of like the planting of the seed. And then it, um, through being in the church choir and I, I entered a competition when I was 10 called Choir Girl of the Year um, and I won the Welsh one of that. And, and people really, it was, it was more people saying it to us, saying to my mum, oh, you should get her singing lessons mm. and me driving it in that I was just really enjoying it my parents were never ever pushy and to be honest they sort of had to take it from everybody else and just mm. sort of say okay yeah maybe we need to find a, a singing teacher for you so I started having singing lessons and um it through my when I went to a level college the principal of that college happened to be um a singer herself and she suggested to me you know I really think you could try and get into music college wow. so I came up to London with mum and I did all the auditions and I got a scholarship to the Royal Academy of Music. That's, that's just that's just incredible. You know, you are considered our premier singer very much here in the UK. I know you're global now. What would you say to your younger self? I think it would be to um, to try and live in the moment a bit more. I think that um, when I look back, you know, it was always, there would be these amazing things happening and you'd always sort of be, going through them quickly because it would be on to the next thing um and and I think it's really about and I try to do this now is just to try and live in the moment appreciate the amazing thing that's happening or just appreciate the stillness and the quietness but I, I remember coming to see you in in 2007 I think it was I was I was 27 and I was so concerned because I was you know everything was going so fast with work and I was constantly on a plane and I thought oh, am I ever gonna have a family of my own it was so important and I remember coming to see you and you're saying yes it's gonna happen but it's not yet it's a while down the road <laughs> and I think that was a perfect example of just sort of enjoying enjoying being 27 and and not worrying about the things that are going to come because everything has a plan and it's all going to work out at some point but you need to enjoy the here and the now definitely it, it, it's interesting to me in that I so I've been I got my record deal when I was 23 and um and I always thought that you know having been on tour for I think it was about 15 years before I started having my children. Um, I think I, I thought that actually it was going to be a, I'm going to stop and I'm going to take some time off because I haven't stopped for 15 years. And I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to spend, I don't know, whatever I feel, two, three, five years focusing on being a mum and, um, and sort of enjoy that time. And then I had a, a little girl and I think it was 
having a girl and knowing how important my mum was to me in her being an inspirational female and her giving me a really strong work ethic. So in my family, my dad actually, he was quite a bit older than my mum, so he took early retirement. My mum was a a radiographer uh, in the hospital and then a mammographer screening for breast cancer. So she was the breadwinner and my dad was at home looking after us, which I think, you know, back in the sort of early 80s was quite well, it's quite well, it was like it was like a new man. Yeah. What do they call it? The new man. <laughs> but you're, you're, you're quite right because it, you, you were inspired yourself. And By so her. therefore you go on to be inspirational. Yeah. And, and I, and I felt that with her, you know, I, I just, I looked at her and I thought, gosh, I've grown up. I remember my mum having the conversation with my sister and I about being, um, independent women. You know, she, she said to us when we were, maybe 10, 11 girls, you can go out and be whatever you want to be. Any job is available to you, but it's all about how hard you work in school right now. And it's about what you put into it. And I, I, that really struck a chord with me at the time. And I think it was then having my own daughter thinking, I want her to see that, you know, all this stuff didn't just appear. Mm. Like mummy is dedicated and has to work really hard and has to be disciplined and is passionate about something. And so I think, you know, that was really the motivation to, to go back to work. And, and you know, I want them to be, I want my children to, in a few years time where they can really understand what I do to be able to come and see it and, yeah. and remember it. Yeah. And as you say, it's all about empowering the next generation, isn't it? Yeah, it and, is. And I think that, this is why it was so lovely uh, for you to say yes, that you would allow me to talk to you about it because you definitely are um, empowered in a way that you can show others, other, especially women, other girls, how we can have it all. We have to work hard. There's no doubt about that, but we can have it all. It is there for us, isn't it? hundred percent. And I think that I, I, you know, I'm, it makes me so happy just to see you know the changes that are constantly happening i i'm i'm a girl's girl i fully believe that especially i think since having children mm. i've got even more respect for women i think you know it's we we create miracles like our bodies are so incredible the things that we can do the the way we can multitask the way the things that we can achieve um yeah i really am in awe of uh, of the female race what what about the music industry do you do you still think there is a, a glass ceiling do you do you st- uh, is it still very tough for women in the music industry it's definitely changing um i notice areas areas of the music industry where i still don't see many women and, and what would you, what what areas would you say they are um things like sound engineers tour managers um even to the even to the point of uh, of you know of of managers you know mm. um i'm actually um managed by um by a female as well as as two men but i'm i've always tried to champion women, women and have as a, a, as as much as possible a female strong team because um you know firstly because I you know I I love women and and I I like that energy around me but I also just think that the music business is tough in that way in that Mm. you know it it has predominantly been you know led by men men in the past I'm not sure if there's a part of that to do with sort of with tour managing you know 
families and female yeah, being on the road yes, and that, and being that image away. of a roadie you know sort of you could say um in leather and out <laughs> you know when I, I i was just pointing at my daughter sitting over there she's my manager and since she's been my manager my my career has just taken off and i think that's to do with energy yes. you know you, you because being a, another woman a woman like myself and i just think it's so important for women who can influence like yourself and perhaps like me is to champion other women yeah i think it's very important i do too yeah not that we don't we like the men of course we like the men. I like the, I like the odd man there. A little bit of eye candy. It does, it, 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 it does, it doesn't hurt every now and again. Yeah. Enjoying the podcast? Why not join Sally for her 10-year anniversary tour? Psychic Sally, 10 years and counting. The messages from beyond will come in thick and fast in this funny, entertaining, touching, sometimes heartbreaking show. Sally will be using her skills as a world-renowned psychic in this jaw-dropping experience that has attracted and amazed theatre-goers and psychic fans for the last decade. To get your tickets, head to sallymorgan.tv now. How did you get your your first um, record deal? So I was studying at the Royal Academy of Music and I was in my fourth year, so it's a four-year degree course. Um, And I had started, I decided that I was going to become a teacher because... I was quite young within my course. So like a singing teacher or a I music a, teacher? Both. Both, right. Yes. And um, so I was, when you go to a music college, you can go at any age. So um, I was 18 and the, the eldest person in my year was 10 years older than me. So I felt as a singer that my voice still had time to develop. So I thought, right, it's going to be expensive to go on and do my postgraduate opera course. I think I'm going to do a couple of years and teach and in the money to pay for the next part of school which is what I did um and in that time I made a demo with a friend who wanted to make a dance track of a piece of opera and I'd never been in a studio before never had any experience of it and I was like yeah I'll do that and the demo got passed to a friend of a friend to somebody at Universal they were looking to sign a soprano and I remember going in and talking to them and and they said you know where are you from and I said Wales and they I, I I felt the mental tick go yeah. tick yeah isn't that's what that, we're looking for isn't that incredible and then it would, oh, what are you doing now oh I'm a teacher oh tick we like that I I was it was really strange it was like they were looking for something and I guess that you know my time fitted in timing. and the timing and everything and and they asked me to go and sing for them so I did a sort of a little recital for them with the piano and and yeah I I left there feeling like it had gone really badly because they, they played a sort of poker face on me. They sort of sat there and said, mm, OK. I went home, cried, called my mum and said, no, I don't think it went to plan. And then um, they called me like within an hour and said, we're going to offer you a six album record deal. Oh. And mum and I, because we, you know, not that my mum didn't believe in me, but we're just very, you know, we come from such a normal background. Yeah, we don't very know humble. anybody in music or entertainment or anything. So, you know, even though we'd gone through months of dealing with lawyers and I signed the record contract, we didn't tell anybody for another six months after that because mum kept saying, but Catherine, pe- <laughs> things like this don't happen to people from Neath. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you know, it, it happened and I... I, I 
released the album and I was starting to do all the breakfast shows and that kind of stuff. And um, I had to stop because I had to stop being a teacher. So yeah. I, I love that part of my life. Oh. And I really hope at some point I'll, you know, get, get well, to work with children again. Well, you're doing that. I was about to say you're doing that with your own children, aren't you? Yeah. You're, te- you're, you're, <laughs> you're teaching. So also another thing, I'm very ignorant on this, so you've got to explain it to me. What does crossover mean? Crossover. Um, so it means, uh, for me anyway, so it's like having the classical training um, or, you know, your sort of roots being a, a classical singer. But then I, I think of it as having a sort of pop approach as well. So crossover basically means all the music that is maybe classically sounds classical but it's written 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 in modern day yeah but it can also mean you know um when you know i think in some ways the three tenors was you know a crossover moment because it was taking the world of opera to the masses and and you know bringing different levels with the three i I, I quite agree but you you see the thing with this is me as an outsider enjoying opera and enjoying classical music uh but also I'm very aware because I don't listen to classical music all the time, but I love it. I mean, as as I've got older, I enjoy it even more. But I feel that there's a snobbery and, um, you know, there are what they call purists in it that would never entertain crossover. Do you, have you come across that? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it definitely exists. And I think that that's something that I was always really keen to, to challenge when I first started making albums because you know, I am the example of the fact that I do not come from the privilege of having gone to the opera as a child or to the ballet or any of these mm. things. And yet it's something that I fell in love with. And I think it's all about how it's introduced to people. And if they look at something and think, well, that's a bit posh and I don't feel included in that, then they never go in to feel like they can enjoy it. Mm. And so it is about breaking down those barriers and making it feel accessible. And I think we all know a lot more about opera than than one person might realize you know it's it's actually you know it was the pop music of its time it was written for the masses back then and it's lasted all this time because it's amazing music it's featured in so many films and adverts and you know people will know what Carmen sounds like but they just might not know it's Carmen and so I think we all know more than than we think so it shouldn't really feel it's 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 a pity that it has also opera when you when you look at opera and you i I immediately think of covent garden um and the ballet it it can be so expensive so the ordinary person in the street like people from neath like where you know your roots are it's just it's not accessible because of the price is it but then I think what you can do is you know when I I think back to like being a, a teenager they they brought Madame Butterfly to um, sort of an open air Madame Butterfly Amazing. in the park. And, you know, they came to Wales and I remember we went and, you know, the tickets weren't, you know, so expensive as going to an opera house. Um, and I think that's what, you know, going back to the crossover thing is, I think it's it's about taking the music to people as well, whether that's singing, you know, singing some music in a, you know, sporting event, um, you know, like they did with, you know, Nessun Dorma and Pavarotti and, you know, and thinking about the World Cup. And I think it's really about, you know, just being people don't have to, people don't have to go to an opera house to fall in love with classical music. And it's about finding other ways to get people in 
it may lead to them wanting to go in to see something one yeah. day at Covent Garden. But I think it's just about getting them interested in the, in the first oh, place. Oh, oh, definitely. I mean, what immediately springs to mind for me, as I said, as a, as a punter, you might say, <laughs> enjoying it. I've, I've actually fallen in love with Andrew Rue. Oh, he's he's wonderful. I mean, you know, and when you look yeah. at Andrew, I, I, I said to my daughter, let's go to Switzerland or whatever. Let's go and yeah. for three, let's go and sit. Because I love it. You enjoy the music, don't you? Yes. And yet I, I would imagine there are purists there that, you know, to do with orchestras and things that, that, that sort of turn their nose up at him. But it's he's taking it to the masses, just like you are. And I think that, you know, music is all about enjoyment. Definitely. And, um, you know, when I look at, at his concerts, you know, I think about my, my nana and how, mm. you know, you see people in the audience and they just want to get up and waltz. And my yeah. nana would have loved that. Yeah. And so it's just about, it, it, it's about making people smile, making people enjoy the moment. And, so, and it should be about that and not about, you know, whether it's let's keep this as an elitist yeah. art form and, I, I, it, it's just got to be about does it bring joy to people's hearts I, I quite agree I mean there we all know that there will always be that elitist element to it but I think that then then along comes someone like you who is you're so beautiful inside and stunning outside and you know you know your job you know your work you know your music and you're able to take that that to the masses and everyone appreciates that what about um do you do anything with schools and with children do you do you do you go along to schools and, and i still um i still work with some of the children that i used to teach i still stay in touch with them yeah. and sometimes young singers will come and i'll try and work with them sort of do master classes um one of the things i really actually enjoyed recently i did it at the end of last year uh, i work with a charity called grief encounter and they're all um children who've lost a parent or a sibling um and i worked with them in a master class too they, they formed a choir and we we did a, an afternoon of singing and learning a song together and because I firmly believe that music is such a good therapy for, you know, getting out your emotions. Um, and I, you know, had a song in mind, a song called Jealous of the Angels that I wanted to work with that. them on. I oh, love that song. Thank you. And I, I, love, I, I love it. it. And it was such an amazing afternoon meeting these kids. I, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I then invited them to come on um, stage and sing with me at the London Palladium on my tour this year. Um, And I just, I get a lot out of, you know, working with, with young singers. I feel I've been really lucky with other people who have helped me when I was, you know, when I was coming up through the ranks and gave me a lot of support and encouragement. And you've just got to, it's really important to pass that on. Oh yeah, you have to give back. Yeah. There's, you know, and I think that um, with someone like yourself that, that had just a regular, whatever normal is, childhood and yeah. home and family life. You know, I've been lucky enough to meet your mother. She's lovely. You know, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's gorgeous and your sister. And, and, I, and I think that um, someone like yourself, it's all it, with the work ethos that you have, um, which you get from your roots, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I think that automatically you want to pass that on to others. And I know that you do an awful lot for many charities, but that's a lovely charity to be involved in. It's, it's, a, really, it's a really special one. And, you know, having lost my dad mm. as a child, it's, 
I really connect with those children. And so, um, you know, they're, they're very small. There's some little ones that mm. five years and up. But you're right, music is just such a wonderful therapy, isn't it? It is. And I, you know, I feel like from as my job, I feel so lucky that I, you know, I get to be on stage and, and sing out what's going on in my head or yeah. my heart or, you know, and I, I feel like I come away and I, I have got rid of a lot of that yeah. energy sometimes. Yeah. Um, and that's something that interests me about, you know, you don't have to think you're going to be a singer to join a local choir. Like my mum's now part of, of our local choir in, in Neath and she loves it. And I think it's really good for her soul because she gets so much enjoyment out of it. It definitely puts a smile on her face. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, I can remember going through a tough time a few years ago and not singing because I sing in the morning. You know, I'm always Do you? Sick. Oh, I love, I love my music. <laughs> I couldn't have, but I went through like maybe a six month phase and then I woke up one day and I said to John, do you know, I, I haven't, I, I'm not singing. There's definitely something wrong. I'm, and then went and sorted it all out and then started singing again. So singing lifts you, it does. doesn't it? Who inspires you? I have to say my mum <laughs> because of the, uh, because of her being such a, a role model. But I, I definitely feel like I've been inspired by so many different kinds of women in, in music, um, my mum used to always uh, put on all the old Hollywood movies for us as children if we were, you know, poorly and off school. So I was always inspired by, you know, Judy Garland, mm. Doris Day, um, uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe, all all the sort of Hollywood icons through to then all the the big powerhouse voices, um, Barbara Streisand and Whitney and Maria Callas. Mm. Um, so I, I think that, all those sort of strong diva in a positive word of use yeah. of the word diva, all the uh, amazing divas. You've had so much success and that's continuing now. What drives you? What gives you that, that feeling of, um, I'm going to do more. Um, I'm going to, uh, make my life even better. What drives you? I think it's because, um, I love what I do and I realize that I'm really fortunate to do a job where I get up in the morning and I'm really excited to go and do the various different things. Nothing in my day-to-day -day sort of work life is ever the same. So it's always been kept sort of very fresh and interesting. And I think certainly now in later um, life, it I feel like my it's my children probably that, that make me want to be the best version of myself. Um, everything I try and do now, it's it's amazing. Having children has made me see things in, in black and white in that if it has to be something really important for it to take me away from my kids. So everything I then do is something I'm really excited about doing. Um, but it's also about like, what, what will they think of this one day when they look back and will they be proud? And I think that's really what, what drives me to continue to do it. Amazing. And as you're on the subject of your children, do you find that since you've had children, your voice is richer yeah. and do you find that since the children have arrived your song choice and how you want to sing has changed yes I think they've changed everything um it's it's a it surprised me you know having children I think has just made me um the, the better version of me yeah, in that yeah. I'm I'm calmer 
I'm 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 more, more tired for sure, but I'm calmer. I'm I've got more understanding. I've got more energy. Um, I see the world in a different way. It's maturity, Matur- isn't it? It's it, mm. it's honestly been the most you know incredible thing, and um, I love being a mum, and I think it makes me want to sing different songs. It it affects how I sing the songs that I've always been singing. It's given me a new perspective, and then and then just physically having children has changed my voice. You know, quite. I would say quite significantly, like my, when you're pregnant, your voice is in amazing form because um, of all the hormones. So you've got the, um, uh, the hormone that goes through the body that relaxes the muscles. It also relaxes the voice and the vocal cords. So wow. your voice is, sounds rested and very relaxed. And, and so when soprano friends used to say to me, oh, you're going to love singing when you're pregnant. I never believed it, but it's, tr- it's true. And then I think afterwards, there's, there's just another level of maturity to your voice. And so, um, yeah, that's been a, like, a nice additional bonus to Wonderful. these amazing kids. <laughs> you are incredible. You are amazing. Oh. You are a woman of power and you use your, your empowerment to help others. And that's the most important. Thank you, Tom. Oh, it's so lovely to see you anytime. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just love talking to Catherine Jenkins. We had the most incredible interview. Once again, Catherine was able to show us all how you can be a huge, successful opera singer, recording star, mum of two, travel the world, and still invite me around for a cuppa. In the next episode, I talk to Christine McGuinness. They're touching paint and they're doing all this stuff that my twins weren't doing. And I just, we, we left that nursery and we just sort of looked at each other and went, oh, ours oh, aren't doing any of that. Do you think they're yeah, ready? And we're not... thinking, we still didn't think there's something medically wrong. We're just thinking, maybe they're just not ready. Maybe it's because they've stayed with me a lot. We didn't do many parents and, you know, toddler groups. Yeah. And because when I tried them, they found it really upsetting and too overwhelming. So I didn't do a lot of that. So I blamed myself a lot in the early days because I thought maybe I didn't make them socialise. But you didn't know. And... If you have enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star review and a little comment. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you will love The Real Brunch, a weekly pop culture podcast where three friends get together to discuss their lives. Would you rather be smart or pretty? Pretty. 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 No, 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 no. Smart. No, I can't be lying. I want to be pretty. With amazing guest interviews such as Gok Wan. So you could say anything. Let's put my name before it. You know what you're going to get. So yeah. it could be like Gok's Fill Your House of Free, Gok's Clothes Roadshow. I mean, Gok whips a bear. I mean, you could kind of know kind of what you're going to get. World champion athlete Dina Asher-Smith. Still, every single race, you can go out there and honestly just focus on yourself and try and beat your personal best, mm. which I think is really empowering in itself. So yeah, obviously, go to Olympics, you want to win. But if you come third in like a national record and a amazing time a time that you are the little child inside you can never have envisaged you could ever run you're going to be happy aren't you and of course sally morgan but me i used to go in when i was tired or i was going to go down with something darling like yeah. you did in, those days. <laughs> in the 50s you went down with chicken pox or the measles or whatever um and it, it, basically it, she used to say to me you'll have your funny moments now because it seemed as if when i wasn't very well 
I knew things. Search the real branch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This was a podcast by Peroxide Media.